0: Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together, we will reason through complex issues to find evidence based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. We hear it often these days don't worry, some say concerning troubling situations in the home or in the workplace or in politics. God is in control. Comforting thought. But just how accurate is it? Is God in control of every situation and challenge we face? Let's ask Dr. Jennings to address that question. He joins us today via Skype. Dr. Jennings, help us out here. Just how in control is God these days?
1: You know, this is such an important question, and I have so many people that email or ask me in the office, especially when difficult things happen. You know, is God in control? And depending on people's perspectives and understandings, often harmful responses are given. I'm sure you've heard of the tragedies that strike in people's lives, and some well-meaning person might say something like, well, it was God's will, or God was in control. Or they interpret, you must have some sin in your life that God did this to you because he's in control. You've heard these type of comments? Absolutely, so many times. And this is a basic misunderstanding about how God runs his universe. And when we come up with theological questions, one of the places I like to start and encourage people to really practice is starting with the root question, how do we understand God's law? Because how we understand God's law becomes a lens through which we interpret these answers. Do we understand God as creator, the builder of reality, space, time, energy, matter, his laws, the constants upon which reality is built, like laws of physics, laws of health, including the moral laws? Or do we understand God functioning no different than you and I, just making up a system of rules that he is required to oversee with his power and inflict punishment upon? People who give those harmful answers are viewing the world through the lens of human thinking and human law. They see God as a great magistrate in the sky or perhaps dictator in the sky who makes things the way he wants them to go. And so if, in fact, something happens, well, he's in control because he makes things happen.
0: In other words, you're saying that they a lot of people don't go beyond the Ten Commandments when you say God's law. Yeah, so the Ten Commandments, you know,
1: they were given for a specific purpose by God at a point in human history, but they were not always in existence, and many people really get thrown by that. They think this, the Ten Commandments—now, let's be very clear. God's law, the laws upon which he creates reality to operate, are constants and emanate from his personhood. We'll go through some of those, but— But the Ten Commandments were an added codification or distillation or written formulation of this great design law written specifically for the need of fallen human beings. For instance, we know that Lucifer was an angel in heaven and he fell because he transgressed the law. But angels don't have a law to honor their mothers and fathers or not commit adultery or sins passing down three and four generations of the angels. That is a specific way of formulating the design laws that are operational in God's creation for the need of fallen human beings. So when people look at the Ten Commandments, they don't see them as simply a tool God gave to reveal the sickness in us to lead us back to Christ. Many see that as a list of made-up rules that God, the sovereign, made up, and then he enforces like, like we make up rules. And so you're exactly right. Many look to the Ten Commandments, but they interpret them through the lens of human law.
0: So the laws you're talking about the law the design laws of life they were in existence before Eden they were in existence forever
1: as long as there's been God there's been those laws Yes yeah, so God built space time energy, matter, life, and in order for the universe to operate and life to sustain and exist, there are constants, the law of gravity, the small nuclear force, the large nuclear force, which are the laws that govern how subatomic particles interact with each other and they're constants, they don't waver, they don't change, the laws of health upon which life operates. And these laws are just constants and you can harmonize with them and have health or you can break them and have disease and decay and ultimate death. But the laws don't change, and many people don't understand this. And so they see God using his authority to give rules throughout human history, like a parent uses their authority to tell a child not to play in the street and sets a rule that the parent then enforces upon the child. But the real rule, the real reason the parent steps in and sets a rule not to play in the street is because of the laws of physics. And if the child gets hit by a car, their body gets damaged because they're outside of Harmony of the laws of physics now. But the child can't comprehend that. So the parent steps between them and the real law, the laws of physics, and puts a stand-in measure, a rule that says, hey, don't play in the street. It's a consequence I'm going to put on you. And in the child's mind at that immature age, they believe that the problem with playing in the street is what mommy will do. Many people see God of the Old Testament operating like that, and God did operate like that in love, stepping in, but they never grow up to see the the reality behind those laws, that if you worship a golden calf, you sear your conscience, harden your heart, warp your character. They think that the real problem with doing that is you're in trouble with the ruling authority and he'll punish you for it. All right. Okay. I'm getting it now. God is in control of what God controls. God is in control of what God controls, and God controls himself. And the laws upon which he creates his universe to operate, he governs those and controls those. Those laws include truth, love, liberty. These are the laws that he's built reality to operate upon. And when we understand this, when we can get some insight, let me see, show you how this applies. Yeah. You know, the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Now, probably somebody's thinking, yeah, yeah, God's in control. The Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I like this because it makes it sound like, see, he's in control. He'll make, make it be the way he wants it to be. It says that in Exodus 4.21 and 7.3, but it also says in Exodus 8.5 and 8.32 that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. If we believe the Bible's inspired and both passages are true, how is it that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, but Pharaoh hardened his heart? Well, this is understanding design law. God hardened Pharaoh's heart by presenting truth to Pharaoh and then leaving Pharaoh free to accept or reject it. You see, when truth is presented to any human mind, we have a decision to make. If we accept and apply the truth, we are transformed and become closer and closer to God. If we reject the truth and move away from it, we sear our conscience, we harden our hearts. So it's the act of choosing or rejecting truth or embracing love or embracing selfishness or stealing, lying, cheating, or honesty, truthfulness, loyalty. In other words, the choices we make are determining what our characters and hearts are becoming like. But if God had never presented truth To Pharaoh, Pharaoh doesn't have a decision to make, and thus Pharaoh's heart doesn't become harder. So, God hardened his heart by governing the laws of truth and freedom, presenting truth and leaving Pharaoh free. Pharaoh hardened his own heart by rejecting the truth under the umbrella of the laws that God established reality to operate upon.
0: So, let me ask you this you say God is in control of what God controls. Is God controlling my family, my child? Is God controlling our president, our senate? Is God controlling the foreign countries that we face as a nation?
1: This is a really great question, and many people see it exactly like that. But uh, if you understand how love operates, love only exists in an atmosphere of freedom. You cannot program a computer to love you. Yeah,
0: that's that's
1: true. You can't. You can't build a robot to love you. You can't have a doll, a puppet, love you. You can't use power by the creator to go inside a person's heart and mind and force them to love you. You also can't take a living being and externally force them to love you, put a knife to their throat, a gun to their head, take their child hostage and say, if you don't love me, I'm going to murder your child. I promise you, if you coerce people such as that, you will not get love from them. And so when you understand that, the only way love exists is in an atmosphere of freedom. So we have real freedom. So God does not take control of the decisions of people. He leaves people free. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't seek to influence people because he clearly does. It says in Genesis 3 that, the, that God puts enmity between the woman and the serpent. He is working through his Holy Spirit to bring truth to our hearts and minds and to woo us with love and kindness and to win us over to love and trust. So he is absolutely seeking to influence us, to draw us. But he's not controlling the decisions we make. Now, this is an interesting thing, though, because God is infinite and he knows, I believe he has foreknowledge. He knows the free will choices that people will make before they make them. He can use his foreknowledge in influencing events around people to bring out certain outcomes that he wants to have, but they are still making their free will choices. This is how he could know that men would cast lots over Christ's garments ahead of time and prophesied hundreds of years before it would be this way. He didn't cause them to to cast those lots. That was their free will choice. But he foreknew it was going to be that way.
0: Okay, I want to make this very clear so our listeners can understand this. There's a lot of talk on social media today that, you know, don't worry about the things that are happening in Washington, D.C. God is in control. What do you say to that
1: specific issue today? God controls what God controls. And as people harden their heart and we have this all through history and and the the, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit is the hearts and minds of, of us we're the We're the spirit temple. God will not force his way in. He says, "I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, I come in." People can close the Holy Spirit out of their life as we close the Holy Spirit out of our life, then eventually God will grant us our choice and set us free from his presence, and then we come under the influence of evil forces and we have evil perspectives, and selfish motives that dominate our decision-making. And so we actually lose our freedom to be self-governed. It is only as we are restored to relationship with God, and we invite the Holy Spirit in, that the Holy Spirit frees us from fear and self-centeredness, and we reclaim or recover what the Bible calls self-control or self-governance, the last fruit of the Spirit. So we really only have freedom in union with Christ because He wants us to love Him. He'll never take that liberty from us but he will respect our ability to reject it and then that actually damages us and moves us away from him and we lose our freedoms over time.
0: Oh, so it is possible for a nation or a people or a people group or a uh, political party or any kind of human organization to live out of God's control—is that what you're saying?
1: That's exactly correct, and as you—and He allows this to happen um, because He respects freedom, number one. But number two, so that those who have discernment, eyes to see and ears to hear, can observe the consequences of people who choose to practice methods of deceit, selfishness, coercion rather the message of truth, love, and freedom. And you see the different outcomes that it has on relationships and the world around us and on the individuals. And those who have eyes to see realize only God's methods are truly healing and restorative.
0: Oh, my. But I also hear you saying that through our choices, you and me, our listener, these entities can live in God's control if we make choices that God designed us to make in his behalf. Am I right?
1: I am saying that. I'm also saying God does intervene in our lives as we give him permission, and he can take action to do things that we don't have the power to do. Healings, for instance, having a windfall come to somebody who needs a money to pay bill. All these miracles we see God intervenes, but he's doing this when people are inviting him in. He's not doing it against their wills.
0: Dr. Jennings, it sounds to me like you're saying that God is in control of what God is in control. And too many times we want God to be in control of the things that we're in control of. Am I right
1: in saying that? You're exactly right. And many people pray for this, but they need to realize that God won't do it because God will not make them into a robot or a puppet. He will give them wisdom. He'll give them discernment. He'll give them capacities He'll set them free from fear and selfishness. He'll give love to the heart, but they must exercise their power of choice because he wants them to be free sentient beings who can operate in harmony with him and ultimately who can love him and others more than self.
0: I got it. Well, that's that's good news. I would rather have God in control of things more than me because I'm not so good at it, Dr. Jennings. Right. Okay. Well, we have learned good things today. Our hearts have been gladdened by what we've heard, at least mine has been, that God is in control of what God is in control, and I want him to be in control of me. And I, with my choices, I can sort of allow that to happen. Did I say that right, Dr. Jennings?
1: Yes, no, that's exactly right. When God takes control, we do not become puppets right. that he pulls the strings of. We become sentient beings who have his motives, his desires, his wisdom, and we freely exercise our restored capacities as we are given the mind of Christ to think in the same channels and with the same values that he thinks with.
0: Mm. comeandreason.com is the website lots of good resources there to continue this conversation listener, that's just simply comeandreason.com Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing from the heart today, appreciate it
1: my pleasure Charles
0: and listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life goodbye everyone thank you for spending time with us today to continue the journey I urge you to visit comeandreason.com Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings inviting you to join us the next time
1: we come and reason together.